0: And hey, Thanks so much for joining us today on Restless. I'm Father Joseph here with Lauren, Diane, and Javier. Today, we're gonna to talk about a great topic, the topic of sin. Was that too excited for this topic of sin? I was very excited.
1: That's your most excited yet.
0: That was my most excited yet. Yeah, I wasn't even that excited about feasting. But (laughs) sin, we're not talking about sin, something we all have experienced. Javier just snorted over there. (laughs) You know, Lauren sent me a quote, um, and the quote was, the greatest sin of the 20th century is losing the sense of sin. I thought it was a great quote. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think there is a sense of sin in today's world that people understand that sin is real and that they fall into it? No.
2: that they, 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 I think a lot of... I'm not even talking about our youth. Like, even the older people, they I don't think they really have a sense of what sin is, what's sinful, what's not. And, I mean, even we fall into that sometimes. But some of the sins that seem to be super obvious to some to others it's just becoming just the norm just normal life just the way that 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 everything is nowadays and then things have changed and progressed in a wrong way in a bad way a lot in the last like two years or so and uh it's it's sad to see it you know and i think social media is to blame for it
0: do you think it's just in the last two years or
2: well, I mean, the last two years have been an exponential, like, it's just changed in a way, at least in my eyes, you know, mentoring kids from high school and stuff. Uh, the things that I get to see on social media, it's just the last two years have changed in a way that, you know, if you were to compare it, it would be like 10 years before. Do you And uh, it just gets do, faster
0: and faster. Do you, do you follow the kids that you mentor on social media? Yeah. Oh, that's... Uh. <laughs> yeah, we don't. This, this is this is not through um Virtus so you yeah, can it's actually it's follow them and stuff through and Life Teen but, or not, not, not Life Teen what is it uh, teen, teen Life What's young, it? Young, young Life, life. Young <laughs> Life that was it
2: yeah. but it's, it's good to follow them though because it's you know it really opens your eyes to the way that they interact with you and the person they portray to be and you know and the things that they complain about but then they actually like follow that stuff or like that stuff on on Instagram and social media and TikTok and stuff I don't Really know TikTok too much, but <laughs> um, but when you see it, it's just it's sad. It's sad. It's really sad. And
0: so we were talking on the way up that we're so glad that that social media wasn't around when we were teenagers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're all
2: '90s kids and we didn't have it.
0: Yeah. '90s I, kids, aren't you kind of? Well, I guess. I was born in '90. You are born in '90. Okay, so you don't really remember the '90s yeah. that much, right?
2: No, but uh, high school. That that's when YouTube was just was just coming out and make getting big for me and I mean it wasn't even I, I, literally all, all that was on there was like dumb videos cat I don't know. videos
0: yeah <laughs> there still are millions <laughs> what do you think Diane um, you're kind of I, nodding yeah I think there.
3: relativism is just rampant nowadays and that it's spreading we live in a very politically correct Society. So I think that, you know, the message that is being sort of portrayed by the media as well as like these big companies that we work for is sort of everyone needs to be agreeable. You need to just, you know, just listen to everyone. And there's a fine line between respect and kind of acknowledging, but. I, I just feel like you know everyone nowadays sort of has their own individual truth it's like well no you believe that but I believe this and right. so we can differ we have our individual truths but if your truth differs than mine and differs from the person next door it's like there really is no truth and there's no right and wrong and there is truth I mean that's that's the reality of it but our society you know says that there isn't and because it's lost that sense of right or wrong like everyone has their own truth and everyone is everyone is okay because we can't hurt the other person's feelings i think that that has caused people to like just lose their sense of like that there is sin and that they are sinners so it's very dangerous
0: i read a quote once i think it was by Irma bombeck do you know who she is Mm-mm. she was a, a kind of a, a humorist and she said the only thing that's sinful in today's society is a really good chocolate dessert <laughs> Because that that's what you call it, that it's like, it's sinfully delicious. <laughs> it's yeah. Like the only thing that's sinful is dessert. Mm-hmm. Lauren? No, I, and- I,
1: yeah, I think um, we're in a dangerous time already, but I only foresee it getting even worse. Um, yeah. I think this loss of sense of sin comes from a loss of faith, right? Isn't it something like 45% of millennials have lost their faith? Right? I think so, 40%, yeah. Um, so they they probably didn't have it strong growing up. They've left the faith. These are all people, you know, in our age group. Um, I think that's a huge reason reason why people have lost the sense of sin, right? And now they're going to raise their kids, probably not baptize them, probably not bring them to church. And again, they're, they're just not getting the structure, right? Or, or the realization of all these different things that are sinful, that you could just go and live your life completely unaware about you know and even for catholics right how many people don't go to church anymore and this is a mortal sin right it's a big deal to not go to church but yet it's like oh yeah i just don't go anymore you know oh i don't think i need to go like i'm a good person yeah. right I, I don't even know who i'm imitating there but those are <laughs> things i've heard you know and it's like wait a minute nope th- this is bad and you've what's the word like you're tricked into thinking you're right, right? Like you become so disordered. I guess, kind of like what Diane is saying with your own truth. Like mm. you think you know best. You think you're a good person. You think, you know, this is all okay. But actually, God taught us, I think, very clearly, right? Like good and evil and how to follow Him and what's sinful and what's not and to obey His commandments. Yeah. Right? But we can easily just get off the path and, and stay lost.
0: I think in a big way, like right and wrong often come through like the culture that you're immersed in, right? You know? And maybe 50, 60 years ago, there was a Catholic culture you know you would i mean you would go to catholic school your whole life the only people that you surrounded yourself with were catholics especially you know in the inner cities when you'd have these kind of like catholic ghettos really like you know the irish neighborhood the italian neighborhood and like catholicism was just the air you breathed it was what you did every day you know and so that's so the right and wrong just you kind of pick it up just from the air but now that we live in such a secular ethos you're picking up only just the these what i would call it, you know like the sins of the culture which are like being mean to people Everyone kind of agrees, you know, it shouldn't be mean to people. Okay, well, that's, I mean, there's some realms that we kind of recognize, like the world is recognizing that racism is, is, is a sin, it's a wrong, and that's, that's a good thing that the world is recognizing that. But anything to, you know, to go into, like, sexual morality, the church or the world would nef- never declare right or wrong on that, you know?
1: But I also think there's also um, a lot of contradiction, because sure, there's a reckoning, and this is very good, as you're saying, against racism. But if someone, as we've seen, you know, in the last election, if someone isn't voting along your side, right, it's become well, you're a racist, right? So you can, on one hand, say racism is bad; we need to get rid of this, and then on the other hand, call people racists, (laughs) right? Isn't that kind of sinful, right, to be like attacking others with your words? Yeah, judging, Um, putting people down, getting like right, Twitter. I've heard it it described as like it's the place to dunk or be dunked on. Right. Like all of that, right, is <laughs> sinful. Like it's not loving your brother or your neighbor, right? What what God has called us to do.
0: Truth. Truth. Well, I
3: think it comes down to pride too. I mean, people just wanna be right, so they don't care, you know. They don't care sort of what side what side you're on. They just they just wanna I guess perpetuate their own truth and even if it doesn't make sense they're gonna I mean, pride just gets in the way of things.
0: Yeah. And it's so hard, too, when, when people are disagreeing with you, because in today's world, people only have the attention span for a, a soundbite. You know, so you try to take this entirely huge topic and boil it down to a soundbite. You know, like, you know, I drive around and I see you know, signs that say, you know, love is love, kind of advocating that homosexual marriage is the same thing as regular marriage. And, and you're like, well... So you're just going to simply say love is love, a three-word sentence on a very complicated topic, something that right. you have to understand natural law. You have to understand the meaning and purpose of God's gift of sexuality. And, like, can we have a discussion on this? Because <laughs> you can easily be dismissed by just a soundbite, you know?
2: And it becomes a hashtag. And then kids hear that, and then they just they don't want any explanation to it. They just they accept it. They just hashtag love is love. That's it, you know? I mean I see it everywhere in social media so that's what it is we need to be uh, our media has become so even our conservative media has become so liberal um, to the point where it's like there's there's got to be all this tolerance we have to tolerate the people that they are living their lives you know we the the way that they want to live their lives is the right way because that's the way that they want to live it and this kids that are growing up now that's what they're seeing left and right it's like we need to be tolerant like you you adults are not tolerant, you know, you're not tolerant to people that, you know, choose to behave in a certain way, or, you know, that choose to be behave in a way that you deem to be sinful, but it's not sinful. That's just the way they want to live their lives.
0: So, so how do we, I mean, we've been bringing up relativism and, and tolerance, and how do you, how do you effectively kind of argue against that? Because it does seem like that's very much a, a mindset for most people is that they'll, they'll talk about tolerance and we'll talk about relativism that there's no such thing as objective truth but how do you talk to a millennial and try to convince them that there is an objective truth
3: well, i mean there's certainly practical ways that you can go about do it doing it um you know there's there's many different sort of avenues i guess if you study apologetics um depending on sort of the person that you're talking to but i mean even just from a like a very basic level i mean explaining that like if you believe that the sky is you know, I mean, this is a bad example, but just go with it. If you believe that the sky is orange and I say that the sky is pink, well, the sky can't be, I mean, in this case it can be, but, you know, like normally <laughs> in in those like types of situations, it can't be both things, right? So, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's just, you know, using common sense um, to kind of like to break through to people's mindsets. But I think that the culture is so like...
0: But that here is a, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because that the way that people would come back at that is to say well yeah I mean absolutely there's objective truth in science you know science is true but when it comes to values and morals that's mere opinion.
1: Well you can counter that because I think most of us can agree right that like unnecessary murder is immoral right Is so there that, a
0: necessary murder?
1: Maybe in war right or if someone's mm. attacking you and you you know, defend yourself, right? So circumstantially, yeah, yeah, there can be. But so I think humans can recognize, right? There are certain things that we can all agree, right? That are wrong or right, like natural law, right? And so it's like, well, okay, why is that there? Where did that come from? How do we all have this understanding Mm. and agreement? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Maybe it's from God. (laughs) (laughs) And it is. Right, exactly. But if you're talking to someone without a faith, of course, they'll, you know, put you to the side, shun you, fight you on it, right? It's very hard, um, I think, to get anywhere with, with someone without faith. They'll always kind of come up with a way to um, battle you or like turn the conversation. But I do think it comes down to, uh, th- they're, it's almost like fundamental things, right, that they're just
0: denying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because ultimately, if you don't believe in God, then then human beings are nothing but a product of evolution, which then they would say, well, then we just kind of all agreed that, you know, not killing each other is important for keeping the species going, but there's nothing intrinsically immoral about it. It's just, you know, a survival tactic, you know? So I, I do agree with you. I think that faith is kind of a critical, perhaps the more critical piece than, than morality, and morality springs from faith.
2: And we, we have a responsibility to speak truth in whatever form, I mean, the Lord has given us uh, talents um, and, you know, reminded of the, the gospel where uh, Jesus is telling the parable of the talents, right? I mean, you know, the servants were given talents and what did they do with those ta- talents back in the day were currency. But, I mean, if you look at it from, from our English point of view, you know, the Lord has given us talents to like to grow his kingdom and uh, to speak truth to people. And for me, I can relate to people because I've I've had a, my testimony, you know, has made it possible for me to relate with kids from high school that are struggling with sin and stuff like that. And the sins that I've struggled, the sins that I've struggled with uh, growing up and the, the sins that I've continued to struggle with, it's just one way that I can relate to them and I can tell them straight up, I can say, hey, I used to think that this was right. But now I've realized through studying scripture, through, um, through
0: just it's probably just the own your own misery that you've experienced through that sin.
2: Exactly. I mean, like now the that sin makes now, us unhappy, th- right? And now, now that I know the truth, I realize that this is the way that <laughs> this is the way that things are supposed to be. Because when I was living my life the way that I was living it, my life was miserable and empty, you know. And I thought that I could do this or that or the other thing to be able to fulfill my life to be happy. But nothing I did ultimately fulfilled me. All it did was it left me more and more empty. And you know, you just keep falling into that hole and into that hole and into that hole. And when you talk to people like that, whether they wanna agree with you or not in the moment, in their hearts, they agree with you. Because everybody's looking for that something that's gonna fulfill them. And only God can
0: do that. That's a great point to connect sin with unhappiness. Yeah. Because that's something you can all experience. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk more about how to talk about sin and kind of just kind of our understanding of sin in today's modern world. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Restless. We'll be talking about kind of an uncomfortable topic today. The topic of sin. And it's, it's pretty uncomfortable. And I think maybe one way, one reason why it's uncomfortable is I think that most people consider themselves to be good people and not sinners. Do you guys see that kind of in your daily dealings with people that they they think that they're pretty good people?
1: sure yeah i I think that's common and most of us are right very good people uh, you know i I would think but uh we're still sinful nonetheless right isn't it the righteous person seven seven times a day right right i mean scripture yeah it's just unfortunately we're fallen right from original sin which i think we can get more into um and we have this inclination for sin it's something we turn to i think in that sense it's natural, you know, like, I, I don't think anyone should feel bad if they have habitual sins or, you know, recognize that they have this battle. It's very normal, um, but we have to acknowledge it and bring it to confession, which I think is also kind of a, a lost concept mm. in a lot of people.
0: Because they don't see themselves as sinners.
1: It could be that, and they also don't see the point of confession, right? Mm. I mean, ha- I'm sure, have you guys heard, like, well, why do I need to confess my sins to a priest? Right. I can just tell God I directly.
2: Definitely have said that. I've heard it <laughs> and said it. Heard it and said it. <laughs> yeah, I've, probably,
1: I, I've gone through that phase myself. But we need it, you know, like you, you need to recognize your sin. You need to confess it. It uh, purifies your spirit. It reconnects you with God. It opens you back up to God's grace. This is very important, and it, it's just not, I I think, prevalent enough. It's not yeah being talked about enough in church. I, I don't think priests are encouraging people to go to confession enough and reminding them of you know how important this is
0: you know one of the several on several occasions i've had the opportunity to go to an aa meeting i don't know if you guys have ever Mm. been to one
2: no nope.
0: that's Ah. good i'm happy to hear that (laughs) 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 but i've been to a few just to observe i've not struggled with alcoholism and actually the first one first one i ever went to funny story first one I ever went to was when i was a young seminarian down in inner city baltimore it was a tough neighborhood so i went to a narcotics anonymous meeting which was people that use hard drugs you know cocaine and heroin and you know sellers on the street and whatnot it was it was an intense experience and I didn't want to dress as a priest I was only a seminarian at the time so I just kind of put on like a ratty t-shirt and shorts and went over to this meeting try to really be inconspicuous hmm. and at the end this guy comes up to me starts this conversation he's like hey man is this your first time here I was like yeah if yeah, I've never been to one of these before he's like you got to keep coming it's the only way to get off drugs I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good, trust me. He's like, no, everyone thinks they're good, you're not good, you gotta keep coming. I'm like, no, 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 really, really, I'm good.
1: <laughs> Why were you there?
0: Just to observe, as a priest, you know, I wanted to kind of see, and as a seminarian, to get kind of get the experience of understanding what it was. And I was actually really inspired because he, these were people that recognized their sinfulness. Hmm. They, d- they couldn't gloss over it anymore because, and the guy was actually, you know, what he was saying was very right, It's like, don't deny it, don't deny the fact that you struggle with this own up to it, fess up to it, and say, yeah, I'm, I'm weak, I'm broken, I need help. And that was the first step to recovery, hmm. was that. And actually, step four of the 12-step program is to make a fearless inventory of your sins to God and to another human person. So even in this secular organization of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is that calling to go and confess your sins to another person, knowing that it's very cleansing. But I just think that's such an important first step is to recognize that you are a sinner you're wounded you're broken and it's the people that are in denial that never get it healed not just for alcohol but for any sin you know yeah. if we don't recognize it we're going to gloss over it i it, as a priest i hear many confessions of course and i speak in general terms here not to break any seals but frequently people will come and say oh, you know father it's been it's been a year since my last confession and uh, i told one lie
1: and it ends there
0: and it ends there and i'm like well what else and that's about it and i'm like "What? wait what Either you're super holy and teach me your ways or <laughs> you didn't examine yourself very clear, closely. Well, at, you know?
2: at that point, do you try to like kind of like ask him questions?
0: Kinda yeah, like, usually I'll go through the Ten Commandments because a lot yeah. of times they look at the Ten Commandments and they're like, well, you know, I haven't murdered anybody, so check off commandment number five. I'm good. <laughs> and you don't realize, well, okay. actually, commandment number five, not only is, not only is murder, but gossip and uh, physical fighting and har- harming your body through drunkenness or drugs. I mean a lot more to it than just do not kill yeah you know
1: i didn't know that until only a couple of years ago probably from when i befriended father andy and he started to explain these things and then going through rcia and i was exactly that person for most of my life like haven't killed anybody i'm good you know <laughs> and found out like that's a pretty uh, low
0: baseline for like being good <laughs> but
1: how are you how are we supposed to know that like the 10 commandments are told from a very young age here they are no one ever said and they also mean all these other things
0: yeah Uh, that's fair i don't know maybe i need to do a homily series on yeah what the ten commandments mean for us do one for every commandment yeah well saint john's has
1: this little guide by bishop william laurie it's great i mean a guide to confession and this used to just sit in the back of saint john's now they got rid of all their pamphlets because of covid but you know, I picked this up one day and it it does that, right? Each sin. So even we know, right, the first commandment is the most important. I am the Lord your God. You shall have, you shall not have strange gods before me. So do I seek to love God with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my strength? Do I put anything or anyone above God? Do I pray daily? Have I had any involvement with all these Things you know, Ouija boards, séances, tarot cards, New Age crystals, fortune telling. Have I put faith in horoscopes? Hmm. Do Have, I
0: pray daily? That's a good one, because I think people yeah. that people that don't don't connect that to having false gods,
1: or not giving God the love that we he owe deserves. him. Right,
0: yeah. right, sure. You know, I w- one thing too that I think connects with this is that, uh, of course, as a priest, I go to a lot of funerals and celebrate a lot of funerals, and and anytime there's a eulogy. 99.9% of the time, the person is already magically in heaven. Yeah. You know, so the kind of person kind of gets canonized, you know, which I think is a, is an offshoot of that loss of sense of sin. It's the idea that, well, as long as you're not Hitler, you go straight to heaven. But mm, that's not always the case, you know. I think
1: that's another area where the church could do a better job of explaining it. I mean, it is hard, I think, to understand purgatory, but we know if you're in purgatory, you're going to go to heaven right? It's just this purification period that we all need, right? In order for us to be able to see God face to face, right? You can't see God if you're, if you have sin. We all have sin because we're fallen. It's, it's nothing that's wrong with us, but, um, you know, it's how we are and it's just this process. And, and the other reason why I think that's so important is because people in purgatory need our prayers. Mm. So if you're just thinking, You know grandmas in heaven which for me you know i was nine my grandma died uh, of cancer at 61. it was a horrible time yeah it it was really difficult for my whole family but i was so comforted thinking that she was in heaven i was a Mm. nine-year-old kid that was probably a good thought but as i got older you know i understood how it works and continue to pray right and think of them in mass since they're there right and i've also heard that a mass for someone who's passed gives them like a ton of grace like a real boost towards getting to heaven (laughs) absolutely so that's so important and we have to keep doing those things you know
2: yeah yeah for sure you hit on a a good point and i think this is something that i realized coming from a evangelical church um the importance of and it's it's in the bible the importance of confessing our sins to one another and it's so much easier for me to say have a confession with you knowing that you are a priest and that you this is what you do this is you know this is part of your vocation or going to a confession and just having a blind confession with somebody that can't see me right rather than coming up to my brothers uh, and actually pouring out my heart and telling them everything i've done that makes it a lot tougher for me but it gives accountability. You know, you have people that are keeping you accountable uh, in this life, and they're in your day-to-day life. You, I wish you could be, but you're so busy that you can't be in my day-to-day life. So, as much as I would love for you to keep me accountable for the way that I live my life, and you know, if I say have habitual sin, that you can, com- that you keep listening to every week when I go to confession with you, you know there's not much you can do rather than uh, other than just telling me giving me advice but my brothers can actually be there on a daily basis and call me out for it hmm. or like lovingly right you know but they can be there and like help me out with it and stuff and keep me in check and ask me hey are you still str- how are you doing with this you know that's and an so, awesome
0: gift Wow do you do you guys have uh, you know Lauren you have somebody in your life that you can say hey I'm really struggling with this can you keep me accountable
3: haven't used that um but you know i think i'm just like my toughest critic so i don't know i i think it's it depends on your personality i think accountability is good if you need sort of accountability but yeah i mean i guess it's not something that i've really thought about
1: i think uh, for me uh, a big change was starting spiritual direction Mm. uh, with one person so she knows me she knows where i am and like, she'll bring me back, like, she told me, uh, I think on a last call, like, oh, you're using this person. I was like, I'm using this person? <laughs> you know, like, not realizing, right, like, this is a relationship of utility. Like, you can't force them to forgive. Like, uh, you know, we went had I had an argument that was difficult and I was, you know, struggling because I thought they owed me an apology. Nope, they don't owe you anything, or is she what does. she told me. <laughs>
0: It's good, though, to have people Uh, that can speak truth to you. Exactly, right? right? Because, like, you
1: think you're so right. Like, oh, can't believe she did this or that. Right? Like, how we can get so worked up and it's, like, our side is right, you know?
2: Like, we all
1: do this, I think. I I can't be the only one. (laughs) Right? And then you have someone that just puts you in check, you know? Or, Or one thing she told me is that you could only, like, forgiveness only comes from Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only reason that you're able to forgive. So you know go to him and and in that instance i brought it to confession and i was amazed afterwards uh, i just was lifted you know like i I truly saw a transformation but the other thing that she did to me was tell me that i should start going to one priest regularly Mm. face to face i'm like what no come on like i'm trying to just get to going regularly but i don't know that i want one person to know my sins but i i do go semi-regularly with one priest now he knows me and When I see that it's him, I'm like, hey, can I come face to face? You know, trying to humble myself, right? And just recognize, like, I shouldn't be embarrassed. You know, like, this is all normal, and he's here to help me. He's not going to judge me. Uh, But it does, I think, take putting your pride in check, kind of, where we talked. And it's a process to get there.
0: And people act like like priests have never heard these sins before right
1: i think we all feel that way you know, we Yeah, we all feel like
0: i'm the i am the worst sinner because you don't know everybody else's sins but mm-hmm. i can guarantee that pretty much everyone struggles with pretty much the same stuff mm-hmm. it's just you know it's human nature and, and after after hearing confessions for an hour i'm just you know it, not, it doesn't shock me it's like oh okay there's another person who's struggling because they're human mm-hmm. and sin is a part of humanity you know mm-hmm. but the good news is christ is more powerful than our sin so thank you so much for joining us on this episode of restless it was indeed a restless episode as we talked a lot about sin but here's the challenge for you first of all to acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner and need god's mercy sometimes that can be tough and maybe dive deeper into uh go through a good examination of conscience to see maybe where in your life is god calling you to repent and to change and then to run to confession and get that that healing mercy where we can have our sins dealt with by the precious blood of Christ. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Father Joseph Gill, and for the rest of the crew, you can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much. Tune in next time.